Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. We are working our way through the second half of Paul's letter to the Romans this summer, uncovering some of the parallels between the early church's situation in life and ours. We've noted that Rome and Rochester are large, diverse cultural centers, and that we share significant social issues, like our inherent cultural biases, a great divide between rich and poor citizens, and a justice system in which all people are not treated equally or well. End of review. We arrive at the last verses of the great eighth chapter today, the fourth sermon in this series from this chapter. We read and think about words that we've pondered many times before, but never at times like these. Paul broadens the thoughts that caught our attention last week in Romans 8, 28. Nothing entirely new in these verses other than the flowing cadence and the eloquent phrasing he uses to remind us that no matter what, the Spirit of our Savior sticks to us like peanut butter on our palates. A message that the early Christians who were much battered really needed as do we. Paul was not above borrowing words or phrases from other sources when they served his purpose. And he was probably doing that in this passage. For example, he goes back and grabs a phrase from the Psalms, the Bible's songbook, which becomes verse 36, which we didn't read in our reading, but it's there just the same. He understands that people, all the way back to the beginning of peoplehood, have sung when emotionally challenged, in good times and in other kinds of times, like these. The church to which Paul writes was under siege. He wasn't looking into the future and predicting that Christians would suffer hardship and distress and persecution and famine and nakedness and peril and sword. No, he was looking around. He was looking around and witnessing those clear and present dangers. He endured more than a few of those plagues himself. He doesn't warn, be ready for this, but rather, I feel your pain big time. Be assured, says Paul, the similarly persecuted one, for I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation 
will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Nothing exactly what was written on that scroll that Becky shared with us. How did he know? How did Paul know that? Because the onslaughts about which he writes were a part of his lived experience. Even when borrowing lines from other writers, Paul spoke with credibility and authenticity, the credibility and authenticity of a a co-plotter through the crap and crud that too often makes up the reality of daily life. Just like Jesus, about whom Paul quotes in another early hymn when he declares, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness. And being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Paul doesn't pound his own chest and invite early Christians to be like he is, rather to be like Jesus, who likewise shared and knows their sufferings. What marvelous comfort that knowledge brings. So what poignant parallels connect Rome and Rochester in this situation? We don't face identical oppressions, the same things that the Romans faced, not exactly. Rather, the general weighty sense of the overwhelming nature of the obstacles in front of us. Often in our personal and societal lives, we we face a sling and arrow or three, some kinds of identifiable, time-limited challenges that force us to muster our energy and address them. A war, a setback, an illness, even a death. That's not this time. Right now, we're staring at a massive blitz of bad stuff coming at us from every corner. An incredibly divided political arena in a country that has been rocked by a pandemic, which has resulted in illness and death leading to a massive commercial shutdown, with a result in economic uncertainties touching nearly all of us. Or should I leave the nearly out? All of us. If that's not enough, how about the justifiable anger and protests over the death of people of color that have caused millions of voices everywhere to shout, enough already, enough. All the while, COVID-19 continues to bulldoze our efforts to restore some sort of normalcy, like going back to school and worship and the soccer fields. Oh, we're not done yet. One of our primary sources of strength, your beloved church, continues a journey through a season of major staff transition begun nearly a year ago. 
and now greatly complexified by all the other stuff going on around us. Hardship, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. Romans, you've got nothing on us. Paul is describing our 2020 reality for sure. No separation? The word newly defines our current lives, and it looks like our immediate future as well. Have we ever felt as separated as now? Paul's ancient encouragement may be more necessary now than ever before. For what it's worth, I want you to know that God's Spirit still blows mightily through this place and out across the cyber waves into your sacred spaces as well. When we come in here on a Sunday morning, we aren't just going through the motions of worship. We are worshiping here with you where you are. Many, no, most of the names and faces that personify Third Church remain actively at work connecting with you who call this church your spiritual home. And I promise you, as I have promised you before, we ask every week, some of us every day, or even more often than that, how we can take Paul's words to heart and make sure that there is no spiritual separation from you in this season of social distancing. I am personally committed to making as many in safe in-person visits as my time allows. And I can report to you that I've made several stops in my first two months of Rochester residency already. And I have several more on my calendar at the present time. And Google and Zoom, as much as we might see them as enemies, indeed are not, but are our allies, continuing to allow us virtually to enter your bungalows when caution keeps us apart. Ernest, and I, and Jane, and the deacons, and the other staff will do whatever we reasonably can to make Paul's words come true in our present life together. Things ain't like they used to be. And we pray they ain't like what we hope they will be again. Still, I and I hope we remain as convinced as Paul that nothing, neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. No separation, none at all from God or from each other. Thanks be to God for this teaching from God's holy word. Amen.